The Truth News Network. Shaking your head yet? When a political agenda comes between friends, even family, not just by design, but by order of sitting government officials, someone is afraid of something, really afraid. What do we do now? We start by examining the truth. This is TNN, the Truth News Network. And your voice on the battlefield is Dan Newman. Let's face it, folks. We Americans, we find ourselves in something of a conundrum everywhere we look today. We don't know what to believe. We don't know who to believe. And we certainly don't feel confident about most of the decisions we make in our lives regarding political and social matters. There's confusion everywhere, uncertainty everywhere. I normally don't do this, but I'm going to do this today, especially today. In the midst of all this chaos and uncertainty, our natural inclination is going to be to be extremely afraid. Fear is the worst enemy of a country like the United States of America. It was created so that we could all have confidence in one thing, at least one thing, and that's those that govern us and those that created the government in which Americans themselves serve to lead us are, was, is created to be government of the people, by the people, and for the people. Don't let anybody in the world convince you that this nation was not founded on the principles of Christianity. If they do that, I don't care who they are, they're lying to you. They want to make us fearful because everything we're watching almost in total every day is anti-Christianity. Now, I'm not here waving a banner of religion. That's not what we're about. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is trust, first of all, believing there is a God. Secondly, that he created humanity. And thirdly, that God cares about all we go through. And that if we can trust him, if we will trust him, and if we believe his word that manifested in the Bible, throughout the Bible, we can know this one thing. All things work out for the good of those who love God and are called according to his pur- purpose. In other words, if we espouse Christian principles and do our best to let him help us implement them in our lives, we're going to be okay. There's no reason to fear. Outside of that, folks, unless you can reason and puzzle through and know and figure and understand everything, you're not going to make it. It's going to be mental, emotional breakdown across the board in every area of your life because uncertainty is all around us today. But there are some things that are certain. And listen, listen closely to what I'm about to say. This show today is jam-packed, full of information, of guidance, of examples of good and bad. But we're not waving a flag of surrender. That's not what it's about. On this show, when we talk about things that are bad, 
the purpose for doing so is not to demean any person, not to diminish the viability of any institution or any group of people. That's not what it's about. It's to point out and provide evidence to, that backs up what we're saying that gives everybody that's part of this. And how do you become part of this? You listen to the show. You read the stories. If you're a part of it, what you're getting from Truth News Network and TNN Live, what you're getting are little nuggets of truths on which you can hang your hat. And those nuggets and their truth or not truthfulness has nothing to do with us. Facts are facts, folks, and they're pure. If it is a fact, it is pure. That's the stuff, the process that we need to grab a hold of and put it in our hearts, put it in our minds, and teach those in our families how to do that so that we don't spin like a top every day in the wind of diversity and anger and hatred and uncertainty. And that's what happens when we don't find fundamental stones on which to build our lives, our minds, our processes, and what we believe. If you don't believe in anything, you're going to be caught up in anything. If you don't have principles, you're susceptible to everything that blows by you in the air. So, to do that, there's one thing that is absolute, cannot be changed. We must find the truth of any controversial thing that is important to us. It's important to our lives and anything to do and any people to do with our lives. So today we're going to talk about racism. We're going to talk about critical race theory. We're going to talk about the insanity in about eight or nine different levels of our federal government under the Biden administration. We're going to talk about the United States Supreme Court. They've been busy, folks. They still are, and there's more to come. There are so many things that you need to know about that if you flip it over on sudden link to Channel 40, is it 48? Fox News? You flip it over to CNN? You flip it over to MSNBC? You're not going to get but little tidbits of the important items in the day. First of all, they don't have enough time to cover exhaustively every detail that's critical to you. Secondly, most are in the tank preferring and presenting one particular part of process piece of a partisan narrative that they espouse as a network. You don't get the whole truth. In fact, many times they give you something and they try to make you believe it's true when it's not. So we have some of that. Today's story, the front page story at Truth News Network, it's probably one of the most important pieces that we've published in a while. The truth about critical race theory. We're going to start right here. Don't go anywhere, folks. Sit tight for a bit. If you have to take a break, wait till maybe the second half hour of the show today. Critical race theory, it's uh, abbreviated CRT. It's just an updated form of racism. Did you hear that? Critical race theory, and you're hearing it every day now, bandied around across news networks. CRT, critical race theory, is just an updated form of racism. It's the most destructive force 
of the 21st century, at least so far. If you said 50 years ago that a half century since there would be a successful social movement, dominates academia, dominates politics, and even the business world, holding that the most important thing about a person is skin color? I wouldn't have believed it. I mean, I grew up in the age of Martin Luther King Jr. I grew up, and I remember watching him on television, his famous I Have a Dream speech, in which he said, I look for a day when my children are not held to the color of their skin, but the content of their character. Did we go full circle? I mean, we're back here. Critical race theory is saying exactly opposite of what Martin Luther King prayed that his kids would see in their lifetimes. Skin color doesn't matter. But that's where we are today. Do you know who Roger Simon is? Now, this is going to be strange, folks. Roger Simon is a writer, a commentator. He's a political columnist, and guess where? At Politico. And we're going to talk about some of the stuff that Roger Simon said, even though he is a leftist. He wrote this about the curse of critical race theory. Quote, something called critical race theory intervened to turn our society around, headed back toward racial enmity, and to be blunt, destroy our country, and with it our common humanity unless it is stopped. Unlike slavery, which was overt, critical race theory is growing like a cancer infecting our schools, our media, our entertainment, and our businesses. It's everywhere, often unseen, more often not even known or recognized by a large percentage of the public. So that makes it all the more dangerous. Here we go, Martin Luther King's justifiably famous dream that the day will come when we judge each other by our character and not by the color of our skins. That's been turned on its head, you think? (laughs) The color of our skins is to be the be-all and end-all. All of our existences, no matter what, there's no escape. That is what determines our position in life and our fate beyond class and apparently beyond our character as well. I mean, how we behave and what we have done. Race is everything. In order to be considered good, you must acknowledge that, literally bow to it, and behave accordingly. Whiteness. I never thought we'd ever hear and use that word in this context. Whiteness is the great evil in contemporary America for reasons that remain obscure. I personally, this is me, I I don't understand how CRT bullies have managed to turn somewhere between 60 and 76% of our population, depending on how you count, into a persecuted group. But folks, it's happened. Somehow it's happened. Every aspect of our culture has been infected with this absurdity right up to the corporate boardrooms. Even Coca-Cola executives are now instructing us on the dangers of whiteness. Do they actually believe this hogwash? Who knows? Perhaps they're just scared. Cowards playing along with the zeitgeist to keep their lucrative jobs. But if that's so, that's even worse. Most importantly, The ideology has infected our schools. 
even at the lowest levels, to the degree that young children are being hardwired to hate or distrust each other, and even more sadly, themselves. White kids, no matter their social class, no matter at what point their families came to America, in many cases decades and more after slavery, fleeing genocides themselves, the most abject poverty or whatever, are being taught they are oppressors and must spend their lives expiating the sin of their skin color. If you wanted to invent an ideology that actually created racism where it doesn't exist, you could do no better than critical race theory. That's largely the point, I think. I really do. The Democrat Party has calculated that race hatred will work to its advantage. So it's doing everything possible to foment racial conflict and promote racism. I mean, they're just doing what they think. They're acting out what they think is real. And in many cases, folks, it's working. With the blessing of critical race theory, one of the major goals of the civil rights movement, integration, has also been flipped on its head back to segregation from which it sprung from. And thousands of Americans were beat up, many killed, in a fight to do away with segregation. And now the same people are doing everything they can to bring it back. Institutions like Columbia University are holding separate graduation ceremonies for different ethnic and racial groups. Not that long ago, this would have been considered a racist outrage by the very same people. Segregation today, segregation tomorrow, segregation forever. That was once the battle cry of a great American, right folks? Of a Democrat, governor of Alabama, racist to the bone, George Wallace. Today it's the policy of Democrats everywhere, and they're applauded for it. These institutions are now leading the charge against free speech, with critical race theory as their intellectual underpinning. After all, the Bill of Rights was written by white guys. It had to be thrown away. Why? It's got to be racist because white people thought it up and put it, put it on paper. In the battle between free speech and critical race theory, CRT is winning today, hands down. Okay, the sky's not falling. <laughs> Despite all this, the landscape is not entirely bleak. This is a war that might be won. Despite the powerful forces now arrayed against our history, our values, our culture, and even our form of government. They're attacking everything based on critical race theory. I mean everything, folks. There is some good news, though. Like many things now, to a surprising degree, this anti-democratic, racially divisive onslaught can be stopped, but not at the federal level, folks. It's got to be stopped, and it will be stopped best locally. This is especially true at the critical school level, where parents, all of us really, can organize, step up to stop the indoctrination of our kids. 
I think the federal government has relatively little to do with the decisive conflict of today. Local action is going to decide this whole thing. It's going to take bravery. It's going to take conviction that many have never shown before or even known that they have. But they do have it, folks. And they're finding out every day that they really do have it. It's just been suppressed. Kind of like voter suppression. But this one's real. (laughs) Many are beginning to show it across the nation. Among the most courageous doing so now are black men and women who see more clearly, feel more acutely, than any of us, the disastrous betrayal of the civil rights movement and their own people by critical race theory, and they are opposing it vehemently. In just a couple of minutes, you're going to hear an African-American man who yesterday went bonkers, bonkers at a meeting. And the man you're going to hear from is educated, multiple medical degrees, And he is very vocal. African-Americans are waking up to the horrors that are being perpetrated against them based on skin color. The promise of America is open and available to everybody, all individuals, regardless of skin color or regardless of your station in life. We reject the concept of group identity and all of its ancillary components, including white privilege, systemic racism, equity, and we could go on and on. By rejecting group identity, we empower and celebrate the achievements made by an individual's merit. You want me to define what that means? Merit, individual's merit, hard work, creativity, personal investment, risk-taking, and doing the best that you possibly can with the stuff that you have, looking ahead, knowing that if you work hard, you're going to get better and get better results. I can't believe we're even having, having to remind people of this. That's what America was founded on. Those are the backs of those that have believed in that and took risk and looked at their neighbors, and instead of finding differences and spending time pointing at each other and blaming each other and making each other to feel less worthy than the other, decided this one novel thing. We're one nation under God. Let's start right there. Let's leave it right there and work together to get better together. The private sector and free enterprise are the fastest and most financially rewarding routes to a better life for the black community. Things like getting a job and earning a living. It brings dignity. It brings respect and value to your life. Private sector job creation is the cornerstone of prosperity, not for a few folks, for all Americans. We reject socialism in all its shapes. Why? It deprives individuals of their personal value, robs them of their unique contributions. And their value? It's only because they're a member of some special group. It's through the private sector that Americans, including black Americans, can create wealth. Wow. Many Americans, folks, are already 
taking aggressive action against critical race theory. First, in our schools. Second, in major corporations. Third, is the permeating American society with this disease. But there's good news about even that. The mainstream media, who obviously, we've known this for years, they were the anointed ones to bring critical race theory into every corner of our lives. They're in panic mode. Americans have awakened to the reality of the gut-wrenching effects of this new leftist-inspired scourge. They're besides themselves. Because of such an obvious pushback by conservatives of every political ilk, not just Republicans, and the left-stream media are going nuts. They're consumed with, what do we do? How do we best push back against their pushback? They're kicking our butts. But never forget this. Democrats, especially leaders in their party, though seeming to be stupid or anything but stupid, nothing they say or do is just off the cuff. It's all planned. It's all orchestrated. It's all implemented as directly initiated by Democrat Party leaders. But folks, they too are scared to death. Critical race theory by conservatives. Attacks against it by conservatives. is thought by the left that it cannot be based, the attacks I'm talking about, on merit, on core convictions, and the fact that most Americans feel that critical race theory is a farce. And that's a fact, folks. There must be some coordinated effort, they say, that is not just managed, but it's funded and it's purposely put into play by Trump supporters. Evil, the orange man, bad guy. (laughs) All weekend long, all day and all night yesterday on news shows, the left have pulled together groups of these far-left sycophants, they're no longer giving us reasons and justification to support critical race theory. They are attacking anybody and everyone that goes against it. And it's, look at what they're doing and saying. It's a war. It's a war. They're running scared, folks. They're running scared. And we must learn from this. When conservatives who agree with policies and ideas espoused by Republican leadership, but then do nothing but sit on their hands, their doing so fuels the left to head for the goal line, and nobody's trying to tackle them. They're running free. NBC's Big Guns on Face the Nation Sunday went nuts, led by Chuck Todd, and they created a scenario explaining why anybody would be against critical race theory. It's because you're uneducated, you don't know the facts, but even worse, Donald Trump's supporters are even crafting the process to go and be anti-critical race theory, and they're funding it. They're actually saying this. I close with this. Is it not ironic to see every day Democrats in every level of American life pick up and use as weapons against their political opponents the very same things 
Democrats have commanded in unison for years are evil. Now they're picking it up and saying, it's okay. Racism is the scourge of humanity and always has been. Now that's not a Democrat talking point, folks. It's the truth. But today we are seeing these same purveyors of equality use racism as a tool with which they attack every conservative. And you're defined as being conservative in two ways. First of all, if you're white, you got to be a conservative. And no, 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 wait a minute. You've got to be a conservative white supremacist just because of your skin color. Hmm. Secondly, because you don't agree with them. Oh, how dare you? If you're white just because of your skin color, you are evil. And you're even more evil if you're a conservative. Thankfully, however, many Americans are seeing the truth and are doing more than just nodding in agreement. Finally, Democrats made a big mistake pushing critical race theory out first in our schools. They thought conservative parents would just sit quietly while they stole an entire generation of kids to turn them into mind-numbed robots. By starting this at the school-age level, they quickly found out that moms and dads don't take kindly to teachers using racist ideas to teach our kids that our kids are racist if they're white. Wow. I told you that Americans are standing up. They're pushing back at this. African Americans are standing up and pushing back against this. And folks, there's a verse, a scripture in Matthew. I think it, I forget, I forget exactly what chapter and verse it is. But it says this, and I've read it my entire life. It's been kind of hard to understand. The kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. Now, what does that mean? The kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. It's this, and it applies to this today. And I'm not talking about Christian stuff now. I'm talking about principles that cross every spectrum in our our life, in our societies. When you find something that's good and you want it, If you do everything possible, everything necessary to get to it, to implement it, to make it part of your life, it may take violence. That scripture says the violent people will take it by force, basically if it's necessary. Now, I'm not talking about going out in left field. I'm not talking about Anything that is illegal, anything that is morally horrible, horrendous, I'm not talking about going after those things. I'm talking about finding the truth and doing whatever it takes to get it. I told you there's some African-American parents, some African-American people, lots of really educated business experts, entrepreneurs, that are just going bonkers because these schools are just pushing critical race theory down the throats of our kids. 
One gentleman stood up, one dad stood up, African-American dad. I want you to listen closely to the facts at ground level in the lives of people that critical race theory is supposed to be formulated to help. Listen to this man's opinions of critical race theory. When you talk about critical race theory, which is pretty much going to be teaching kids how to hate each other, how to dislike each other, that's pretty much what it's going to, that's pretty much, I don't care what say, it's pretty much what it's going to all come down to. You're going to deliberately teach kids, this white kid right here got it better than you because he white? You're going to purposely tell a white kid, oh, the black people are all down and suppressed. How do I have two medical degrees if I'm sitting here oppressed? How do I get, first of all, time up, because I only got five minutes now, five minutes. Two medical degrees. No mom, no dad in the house. Worked my way through college. Sat there and hustled my butt off to get through college. You gonna tell me somebody that looked like all y'all white folks kept me from doing that? Are you serious? Not one white person ever came to me and said, well, son, you're never gonna be able to get nowhere because you know the black people. But guess what? What's sickening about this whole thing is what y'all doing right now is already something I do in my community right now to speak out against stuff because black folks are getting told by other black folks, oh, you know you ain't gonna be able to do nothing out there in the world because them white folks ain't gonna let you get no, oh, you know you're not gonna be able to do it here because, you know, white, the, the white man, the white man gonna keep you down. Well, how did I get where I am right now? Are you gonna sit here and tell me this lie of critical race theory? Uh, this 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 the reason why black folks can't get ahead because of white folks? Are you kidding me? This is what we come to now. I can't believe we're even talking about this right now. The last thing we're going to say right here is something that's crazy. Martin Luther King said he wanted his kids to grow up in a world where they are judged by the contents of their what? Character. Their character, not their skin. Absolutely. If they let this stuff go on right now, it is absolutely doing the complete reverse of what he's doing. So when February comes, don't talk about Martin Luther King. I'm in the hood. I'm in the communities. I'm out there with folks in their face. I've been doing stuff since I was 18 years old, talking to black folks. And you know what? None of them are buying this nonsense. None of them are. But if you want to implement this into the school system, I guarantee you to the day that I die, I'm going to be the very person right there debunking stuff, tearing stuff down, letting them know they can do exactly what I did and get exactly where I am by putting themselves to work and getting there. And ain't not one white person ever going to keep any of them from getting there. So the CRT stuff, BS. <laughs> I, I, you know, after listening to him, I wonder how he really feels. <laughs> uh, incidentally, if you would like that soundbite, if you'll uh, drop drop us a uh, drop us an email, Dan at truthnewsnet.org, Dan at truthnewsnet.org. I'll flip you that in MP3 format so you can share it with friends. I mean, this guy, two medical degrees, he's a doctor. <laughs> Did he lay it out there for all of us to see and understand? And it's all—it's not almost funny, folks. It's, it's just hilarious to me that the left are scrambling like they're scrambling to try to get their arms around it. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to hear two things you don't want to miss. We're going to hear from NBC on Sunday what their panel of experts, led by Chucky e. Todd, had to say explaining the pushback that is everywhere in America against critical race theory. And even more special, you're going to hear from an African-American expert is going to define two things for us. What is racism and what is anti-racism? Don't you go away. Unforgettable, that's what you are. to Ton Perfume. Like the memory of a beautiful song lingers on and on. Léa du Temps Perfume. 
the classic French fragrance that you can wear anywhere, anytime, makes you unforgettable. L'Air du Temps Perfume by Nina Ricci. Welcome aboard Pizza Hut, where our legendary pan and stuffed crust pizzas will fly you to a world of flavors. Taste an all-American pizza sauce, juicy pepperoni, and farm-fresh mozzarella to discover America's mega pepperoni. Or explore the creamy pesto sauce, chicken and mushroom is in the French creamy chicken mushroom. Fly far above the rest in taste and variety with five new pizzas. And thank you for flying Pizza Hut. See the bold new expression of sporty style. Hear the amazing quietness of a truly luxurious cabin. Feel the exceptional horsepower and amazing torque. And experience greater acceleration than ever before. Behold, the most powerful sedan in its class. The new Toyota Camry. Real power, absolute performance. Discover the new Camry at toyota.com.my. For the health and safety of our guests and team members, we're here for you. That means frequently deep cleaning our stores and wiping down carts and baskets after each use. Reserving dedicated shopping hours for our most vulnerable guests. Providing masks and gloves to our team members. And offering contactless shopping options through the Target app, like drive-up and same-day delivery. We are here for you now more than ever. And your health and safety is our highest priority. Learn more at Target.com slash a bullseye view. The Speaker of the House lies. The media swear to it. The President of the Senate obstructs. The media are all over the place, but totally divorced from the truth. So let's get back to navigating this Stygian River with, again, Dan Newman. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. It is super, super hot today. Well, it's going to be hot temperature-wise, no doubt about that. But I'm talking about all of this stuff that uh, we're finding out are big deals, and it's all around us. And Americans are no longer just laying down and taking it. And I think that is huge for the American people. So these experts, uh, Chuck Todd, NBC, I don't think he's an expert, but if you listen to Chuck uh, Chuck Todd, he's an expert on everything. And um, I think I want you to hear what he had to say, and this panel had to say this past weekend on Face the Nation. That's really what you're seeing in, in many ways, because Republicans now, by and large, are agreeing on a lot of policy issues, especially when you're in the minority, that tends to happen. So therefore, proof, proof of how you're going to be a disruptor and how you're going to be someone who's going to advance a muscular pushback to the left is the first step to check. Is not having, though, a unified sort of, you say it's sort of, they're, they're, what are the issues that the party stands for, right? That seems to be the missing piece here. Yeah, and specific to this idea of critical race theory, I have to tell you, I just spent some time reporting on this county in Virginia about an hour outside of Washington. And, and to your point, this is something that is mobilizing people sure and is. resonating very deeply. It was about a 100-degree day, dozens and dozens and dozens of parents, mostly white in this largely affluent county, showed up to a school board meeting. For many of them, the very first school board meeting they'd ever attended, specifically because of this one issue. That's important to note, it, it, that 
you mentioned critical race theory a couple times. This is a parent-led backlash at the grassroots level. It's, and bit, it's manufactured. No, it's, and the it's completely. And then, it, and then sort of elected officials have been lit. The up. fire was lit. I, I disagree. Yeah. I think it started because p parents have had it with the education bureaucracy after COVID. Mm -hmm. They're fed up with it. They tend to trust Democrats when it comes to education funding, but they trust Republicans on education accountability. I think that what the backlash you're seeing on critical race theory in schools is another example of parents trying to hold educators accountable. It's coordinated. It's aggressive. It's intentional, right? This is this is part of the the, the tribalism play. The critical race theory is is yet another tool in the in the, in the racial tribal boogeyman's toolbox to drive and inflame tribalism, which Republicans think thinks helps them in, in, in elections. This is this is this is Trump 2.0. This is a, is a, is a continuation of this, right? Critical race theory is is an arcane sort of ideal. Why is it front and center right now? The same reason that Mitch McConnell attacked Stacey Abrams when she came out for the, for, the vote, for the voting bill. It is racial. It is tribalism. We've seen it grow under Trump, and this is part and partial of it, and they think this helps ignite their base. There's no way this is not grassroots, and Brad, you know this is organized and is being paid for. But, you know, Ashley... We're not very good at organizing or anything on our side. Like, <laughs> you it, it, all it, it, are better than <laughs> us. <laughs> you know, in 2018, Trump went culture with... I mean, I'm going to stop it there. Can you believe what you just heard? It's a group of people. There were, I think, four people sitting around the table in addition to Chuck Todd. He's the ramrod of everything that you want to say bad on NBC. They come to Chuck Todd. He puts you in a panel and puts you up there so you can just espouse whatever blather you want to espouse if you're a hard leftist. They blamed everything on Donald Trump and conservatives on nativism and racism, critical race theory. Oh my gosh, that's scriptural. That's biblical. We got to do it. And if you don't believe in it, and if you push back against it, it's not because you have credibility or you have understanding, you have intellect or you have knowledge about anything. It's because you're a white conservative and because you're a Republican and because your daddy is Donald Trump, and you are just carrying out Trumpism part two to, to, to just please your, your daddy, Donald Trump. In other words, folks, what the left is doing, and we've talked ad nauseum about this to you before, everything they do, every negative word they say, is to them a justifiable weapon to use against any person, group, or people who espouse anything with which they disagree. It can't be because, oh, God forbid, you have an opinion. It can't be because, God forbid, you believe in the First Amendment that gives you the right to say anything. It gives them the right to say anything. As egregious as what you just heard by those people, including Chuck Todd, as nutty, as crazy, as angry and untruthful as they are, they have just as much right to say that as I have to call them out and as you have to disagree. They want to destroy the right, the ability to question anything that they say. And folks, the world is full of civilizations that did the exact same things. The exact same things. 
There's a new leader in Iran. I'm giving you an example. There's a new guy, new president in Iran. He, he's not in power yet. I think he's going to be in July, late July, early August. And he's got a history in Iran. You know what his nickname is? The Terrible. You know why he's got the name The Terrible? When he was in power once before in Iran, he led and personally instigated and watched as it happened the extermination of 5,000 Iranians. And why would he do that? Because they disagreed with the government. Look at what happened to the Jews in World War II. Yes, folks, it really did happen. Six million, or maybe even more, were slaughtered just because of their skin color, because of their heritage, and because Adolf Hitler, he got everybody or at least the majority in Germany, to go along with, we need to eliminate those people who are different. Stalin slaughtered thousands, tens of thousands of Russians, sent them to the gulags, let them die, slaughtered them, just because he wanted to bring communism, Marxism into the nation and make it the master plan for everything to do in government and social life in Russia. And they all, each of these horrible people, they're not espousing anything different from what you just heard Chuck Todd and his crew espouse. They hadn't talked about extermination. But how far is this government, how far is the far left willing to go to stamp out dissidents? That's what this is all about. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to make you understand it's there. It's here. It's among us. And they're teaching it, giving it life and credibility with our kids in elementary school. Remember, we're the ones that send our babies to these schools. We're trusting people that are educated that have credentials, they have degrees, they've been taught how to teach, and we trust them. Not only that, we're paying them. And we just sat by for far too many years and let this happen. It's time we take it back, and people are doing just that. Now, I laugh when people denigrate people that are of different color. In other words, it primarily stems from if you're white, you're evil. It starts and begins there, but then they begin to create explanations for their beliefs. So one anti-racist African-American expert got up on a stage and was being questioned by another African-American about racism and anti-racism. Now, if you've wondered and you need to get the definition and get it right, you're going to have to turn your sound up because you're going to hear it. Folks, this is an expert on anti-racism and racism. We've been led to believe that the sort of contrast is between racist and not racist. Uh, I'm sure you've heard someone say, I'm not racist. Anybody heard that? Uh, and, And so... When someone says to me, I'm not racist, 
I typically respond, well, what is a not racist? Like, what does it mean to be not racist as opposed to racist? And typically, people have never actually thought about that question. Uh, and it's also the case that typically, people cannot even define racist. Um, and typically, the concept of not racism is really an act of denial. Folks, I'm going to stop right there. There's a little bit left I want you to hear, but I want to point out. The assertions you just heard him make, typically, most people don't think about this. They don't think about racism and anti-racism. They don't think about their being or not being racist. And that, folks, according to him, is denying facts. And it means you're a racist. You talked about the importance of defining racism, but I, but I, unless I missed it, which is possible, I don't, I didn't hear your personal definition. Is there, is there one that you would offer us? Like, how do you define racism? Sure. So racism, I would define it um, as a collection uh, of racist policies that lead to racial inequity that are substantiated by racist ideas. A group of policies that are racist that espousing those making them yours means you're a racist. Now, a white guy asked that question, and the white guy wasn't finished. Listen. (laughs) Sure. A a collection uh, of racist policies that lead to racial inequity that are substantiated by racist ideas. And anti-racism is pretty simple using the same terms. Anti-racism is a collection of anti-racist policies leading to racial, anybody want to take a guess? Equity that are substantiated by anti-racist ideas. Oh, so you can't define one without defining the other. And if you don't define either, that means you can use the term, whichever one you want, use it as a weapon because nobody freaking understands the definition or your definition of either. And it's all about weaponization. So you can instill, you can grab, you can create power over other people. He's sitting, if you could see the video, he's sitting on a stage with this African-American moderator. And they're up high above the crowd, and they don't pan out across the crowd. But based on the question that I heard and some of the people that were commenting, I would say it was mixed white and black. And people are there legitimately trying to grasp and understand what the heck is going on. And this expert gets up and he defines racism as making racist policies and ideas, making them your own. And anti-racism is making policies and ideas that are not racist, making those your own. Those are two definitions. I mean, you know, I may have been born at night, but it wasn't last night. Neither one of those defined racism or anti-racism at all. And it's a problem that is being revealed now more and more and more as this battle goes on about critical race theory, racism, anti-racism, weaponization, If you disagree with my idea, you're evil. My idea is right just because it's my idea. 
None of it's new. And they're making it seem like they're the most enlightened individuals on planet Earth. And don't you dare disagree with me. Don't you dare. Well, we're going to turn the page on critical race theory, on racism, on anti-racism. We're not going to go back there today. It's not something that we will not continue to point out when different circumstances and events happen because it's critical. All of us need to understand the differences. And here's the way I think about this, folks. I feel you're all smart enough. I think I'm smart enough to be able to figure it out, to listen to their definitions, their thoughts and ideas, and listen to someone who doesn't feel that way and find some place in that whole process that I believe. And I believe not because you said it or they said it. It's because in my soul, in my mind, in my heart, I'm comfortable with the definition. That's what being an American is all about. That's what being a human is all about. I trust you to have legitimate thoughts and ideas. And I want you to just do the same for me. We're going to make it, folks. We're going to make it. Back in a moment with the president. Real truth. Real news. TNN. The Truth News Network. Today on Hey Culligan, softer equals better. Here's a tweet from Ed Itchy in Idaho. Hey Culligan, my laundry is so scratchy, I just cut myself on a cable knit sweater. Any suggestions? Hashtag send help. Hey Ed Itchy in Idaho, yes, the Culligan high efficiency water softener will make that thing so soft, it'll go from cable knit to cable knot. Itchy. Hashtag soft laundry. Hashtag already on the way. Get started for as little as $10 a month for six months at participating Culligan dealers. If you think we're just four wheels and a grill, think again. The Jeep Grand Cherokee redefines freedom. But what really makes Jeep? It's finding the perfect balance between luxury and adventure without ever compromising. It's driving across the country to see your family, to make new memories. So, what makes Jeep? You do. Jeep, there's only one. Jeep is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Hi, Tom Bodette. Motel 6's new improved website lets you book a room and save more for what you travel for faster than ever. Even faster than you can find your keys, which you swore were right on the little hooky thing by the garage door where they always are, and we can land a robot on a comet, but we can't keep keys from disappearing. Oh, here they are. Left them in my jacket. Don't you hate that? I'm Tom Bodette for the new improved Motel6.com, and we'll leave the light on for you. Out for some lays and you face a test Which tasty chip will be the best? Sour cream and onion smoky barbecue Cheddar sour cream salt and vinegar too You sample them all cause the crisp is so good on your lips Yeah You left your wallet at home But now you have a new best friend The many flavors of Lay's chips One taste and you're in love There's enough negative news. Too bad it's fake news. Looking on the brighter side, the Truth News Network. Truthnewsnet.org. And your ray of sunshine, Dan Newman. I know I got hyped up talking about all that. I'm going to calm down a little bit. You know, we we just got to get down the road and get on with what's going on and just stop concentrating and spending all our efforts and energies and emotions on these things that come up. And I think it's important, though, that we point them out, 
that we make our determinations of their reality or their unbelievability or untruthfulness and then just move on instead of harping on them all the time. They can't do that on the other side. They don't do that. They have to beat the drum and beat the drum and beat the drum, trying somehow to hammer it into the heads of Americans. And sadly, folks, over the years, especially this century, they've been very effective at getting that process ingrained in far too many Americans. We're free thinkers, and we need to stay that way. No matter what your beliefs are, you need to be open to consider everything. If you don't, you're not making intelligent choices. Because just because you think something's right doesn't make it right. And just because you think something's wrong doesn't make it wrong. But what about our president? What about President Biden? Man, he's got a fat checkbook, and he's signing checks every day that are insurmountable. No way. We don't have money when they write the checks. But the Federal Reserve, U.S. Treasury, they write IOU sufficient to cover all of this president's check writing. So yesterday he came out explaining his new thing. Families are going to be receiving part of the expanded child tax credit through advance payments starting on the 15th of next month. And he restated his intent to push for this benefit. It, it is initially, it's part of a bill that was previously passed. I don't know which one. They're all money giveaways. But anyway, it's part of that. And in the bill, it ends at some point in the future. But he wants to make it permanent. So yesterday... He made this, this, these comments on the day the White House officially has designated as Child Tax Credit Awareness Day. And it's not really difficult to get aware of what it is. If you got kids, <laughs> they're going to send you money every month, at least while this plan lasts. The president touting tax relief as a way to give our nation's hardworking families with kids a little more breathing room. When it comes time to put food on the table to pay the bills and make end meets, ends meet. And, you know, everybody can relate to that. Everybody knows every month you got X number of dollars coming in. You've got X number of bills that total this amount. And if you don't have enough to pay for the, the stuff that's necessary at the end of the month, you're in a jam. Everybody gets that. Now, here's how it works. The child tax credit provided for in the American Rescue Plan. I told you that it was there. That's the name of the particular plan that includes this. It offers three grand, 3000 for each child between 6 and 17 years old, 3600 per child under 6 for eligible families. Now, who are eligible families? Well, there's an income threshold to get the full credit. Make $75,000 for a single filer, $150,000 a year for joint filers or $112,500 for a family with a single parent who qualifies as being the head of the household. If you fall into that category for every kid you got, kids between 6 and 17, you're going to get 250 bucks a month. 3600 per child under 6 to eligible families. How about that? Here's what Joe said yesterday. Quote, this is just the first step. My American Families Plan, which is a new giveaway they want to sell to the American people, will extend this benefit for years to come. In other words, make it permanent. So in other words, look at the 
qualifications we just talked about. You got to have a threshold for income. So, the income threshold to get the full credit, $75,000 if you're one single filer, or $150,000 for joint file, filers, or $112,500 for a family with one parent who qualifies. Now, let me, let me tell you the, the conundrum in this. When I was young, I was taught you want to get a good education. When you get out of school, you want to go find a good job. You want to find a job that you can start in and learn a trade. Pick it, whatever way you want to go. I mean, you do that when you go to college. Even now in high school, you start looking ahead and you you create the structure educationally for the place you want to go in your life professionally after you get out of school. Makes sense, doesn't it? And of course, when you start in a brand new job at a brand new company, maybe someplace you're really starting, you don't know anything about it, but you want to learn about it, you're paid X number of dollars. And typically what happens, the longer you stay, the more you learn, the more you participate in the things in that company that make it money, you're going to advance with, with opportunities, responsibilities, and usually, typically with that comes more compensation in the form of money and other benefits. This program, folks, this American Rescue Plan, it's an incentive to not work hard to move up where you make more money. There are people that are looking at what I just told you a moment ago, the breakdown, the income threshold breakdown. They don't want to make more than $75,000 if they're single and have kids. If they're a couple, they don't want to make more than $150,000. Why? Because they won't get that benefit per kid. Think about it. you got a family of four kids. You're going to get $12,000. Twelve grand on top of whatever you're working and getting out of your job. On top of other benefits, federal and state that you're getting. You're going to get $12,000. Now, that's 1000 a month. Think about what that can do. In the big scheme of things for most people, and when you get to you know, 35, 40 years old, most people, that's not a huge amount of money. Why? Because it's all based on perspective. If you do what I talked about going into this, which goes to high school, college, gets an education, finds a career to begin, gets in that career, work their way up, you don't ever really stop. You keep growing. You keep getting better. You keep making more money. But when there's incentives, somebody's going to pay you for not continuing to get better and be a bigger contributor, get into management. This is a disincentive to do better, to grow. And that is anti-American. Oh, Dan, you're in trouble. You can't say that. You can't say that accepting government benefits is anti-American. I didn't say that. What I said was this very thing is a disincentive to be, to stay, and to fight to be part of the American dream. It all boils down to the way they're changing the definition of what is promised everybody in the Declaration 
of independence. Everybody is equal. That means not that you get everything like everybody else has, but you're given the opportunity to have everything that everybody else has. You're given the opportunity to achieve, to push forward, to make your lives better at the same time, making the lives better of those in your family, your relatives, where you work, to make it all better, to make it grow, make everything become more valuable. And it's not just dollars and cents. There is dignity that comes with having a good job, making a good income, contributing in your community. There's a lot of dignity that nobody can give you. You have to gain it yourself by creating the scenario in which dignity comes. It's like respect, folks. It's like respect. Nobody can give you respect. People say that all the time. Well, I've you, you, you got to respect me. You've got to respect your elders. Well, yes, when you're a kid, there's a starting point, not because anything other than, oh, you know, your mom and dad, they work hard. They work hard at home. They sacrifice to make you have the things that you have so you can have them, and you respect them for that. But outside of that, you got to earn it. You have to earn it. You have to earn dignity. And dignity does not come by you sitting on your butt at the house, watching soap operas during the day, or goofing off, and somebody giving you money just for goofing off. You don't get dignity that way. Dignity comes with self-actualization. And you get it from your creator, and you get it from your efforts, totally from your efforts. Now, Vice President Kamala Harris, remember, she's the border czar, and she's about to release that job. In fact, I haven't told us, but I think she's already released that job. But yesterday, she was out talking about this same process, this same bill. And here's what she had to say about this government support of individuals that don't work. So we do the big thing, but then the details of the rollout make all the difference between whether the thing actually happens, right? And that extra $1,000, that extra $1,600, well, you know what that means. That could cover a month of rent, a few months of groceries, an entire year of diapers, right? So it makes a big difference. Every American family, and all of you are clapping because you know why. People got to pay their bills every month. People got to pay the rent every month. You got to buy groceries frequently. <laughs> um, whether you are spending some time over the next couple of days, you know, at the grocery store or at work or at school or at church, wherever you run into people, perfect strangers, just go on up and introduce yourself and tell them about the child tax credit. <laughs> historic. <laughs> it's historic. Tell them about the child tax credit. The government's going to give them money for doing nothing but having kids. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you want to move away from that, something that's crazy, and you want to hear about something that is even more crazy. Listen to this, folks. There's a pro-amnesty group <laughs> that's holding a drag show on June 25th in which those who are seeking uh, 
amnesty. In other words, illegal migrants or illegal aliens. They are expected to help ridicule the opinions, the behavior, and style of American women and men. Now remember, coming up, it's the last weekend of Pride and Immigrant Heritage Month, and we're going out with a bang. That's said in a June 21st tweet from United We Dream Network. Never heard of it. And it says, start your Saturday night off with United We Dream. Join us for a virtual drag show starring undocumented immigrant and activist queens. The tweeted video shows men dressed as women and activists shouting undocumented pleasure and a claim that LGBTQIA plus rights are immigrant rights. Let me get this straight. LGBTQIA plus. Now it's taken me a while and I, and I'm not ridiculing this folks. I'm literally, I love to try to learn and understand lesbian. That's L gay. That's G B bisexual T transgender Q questioning. And I got in trouble when I thought it meant queer. And when I said that one time, I got blasted. But Q stands for questioning. I, A, and the plus sign, I am lost. If you know what that means, <laughs> please tell me. I got the LGBTQ part. I need the IA plus definition. Drag shows are not displays of men who insist they are transgender women. Now, this is what they're putting out in this, uh, this release they did. Instead, they are shows, usually presented by gay men who describe themselves as queens, which are staged to ridicule traditional distinctions between men and women. At its core, drag show is a social statement and a big F.U., to male-dominated culture. That's according to the expert on this whole thing, RuPaul, a producer of and performer in a bunch of drag shows. It's a real rejection of masculinity, Ru said. Shortly before he was forced, RuPaul, to accept transgender men, including some men who sincerely want to be female, into his, RuPaul's, TV show. So this group is run by Grisa Martinez Rosas, an illegal migrant who was brought through the weekly guarded border by her parents. She describes herself as undocumented, unafraid, queer, and unashamed. That's according to a 2020 report at yahoo.com. This group, UWD, was created in 08 by the pro-migration leftist at the Service Employees International Union. Now, this makes me feel real good. You know what that union is? State Employment, yada, yada, yada. International Union. Service Employee, I'm sorry. Service Employees International Union. And by immigration lawyers at the National Immigration Law Center. I just don't comprehend with everything in our lives that are so important that we struggle with why anybody would want to even get into such another controversial enterprise, but not because it's controversial, but because it sucks up so much air in the room. It takes so much 
energy to even get into it, yet alone try to build and then maintain all the perceptions that go along with it and the objectives that you want to achieve. My mother taught me some things that just really, really made my adult life a a whole lot easier than it could have been and would have been if I hadn't listened to her. But she had one witty thing that she always said when I was having problems in anything or with any people. She said, don't get involved in anything that is really controversial. Don't get in a fight unless you have no option other than to get into that fight. And if you do, if you do either of those, make sure you work through, push through, and understand what it is that caused your chaos. And regarding the fight, make sure every time you do fight, you win the fight. (laughs) Two good words from my mom. I am so thankful that I have not had to deal in my personal life with these things, these social ills that are created by people that maybe are sincere, and I know there are many, many people that are very sincere that are struggling with getting answers in these areas. So I'm not denigrating anybody. What I'm saying is it does create a massive amount of confusion and all of the emotions that go along with that. And I'm so thankful I've not had to deal with that. Now, there are those that would flip that around. My just saying what I said would mean I'm a homophobe automatically. I'm not, folks. I'm not. And I don't denigrate homosexuality. I don't are those who are homosexual. I don't. But just because I don't think it is real in my life doesn't mean I'm a bad person. I don't reject anybody for anything. I believe in the United States of America. I believe in the United States Constitution. I believe in the first 10 amendments, the Bill of Rights that include all of the rights that our forefathers were smart enough to restate to the federal government, these belong to the people. You can't touch those 10 things. I believe in that. And numbered among those 10 are the rights for these people to feel the way they feel, to say the things that they say, to be the things that they want to be, just as I have. The problem comes in is when anybody tries to turn someone who thinks and feels differently into someone who's evil just because they think and feel differently. As long as we don't do that, I'm fine. You're you're fine. And I mean that sincerely. We've got to find ways to get along, and that doesn't mean everybody has to be single-minded. There's no way. Everybody's going to think like everybody else, and who, whoever wants that to happen, give it up, folks. It ain't going to happen. Hadn't heard much about California's governor lately, Gavin Newsom, have you? Well, he hit the headline news yesterday. The state of California, fortunately for them, they have a $75.7 billion budget surplus before they count the $26.6 billion that they got from the federal government. So we're talking about more than $110 billion in extra money. So what are they going to do with it? Hmm. There's a problem there, and I think it should be addressed, and most Californians do, 
California still has the highest debt of any state. And their debt is approximately $363 billion. Well, let's see. We just, we just mentioned they got $110 billion in extra money at the end of this, fiscal, this past fiscal year. Why not just pay a third of that debt off, right? Well, Governor Gavin Newsom, who is facing that recall election, don't forget about it, so that means everything he does is politically driven. He has promised more stimulus money, $600 for two-thirds of all Californians. And the state legislature is about to provide even more money. Here's what was reported yesterday. A $5.2 billion program in final negotiations at the state legislature would pay 100% of unpaid rent that lower-income Californias incurred during the pandemic. And that would be financed entirely by the federal dollars that you and I sent, $26.6 billion to California. The state's also proposing to take $2 billion, another $2 billion, to pay for unpaid water and electricity bills. So remember this, put this in context. California was the first state to shut its economy down last year. Very first one. And Gavin Newsom predicted dire shortfalls in the state's budget when he shut it down. A year later, oh my goodness, the state finds itself with so much money, it's on the brink of not only covering 100% of unpaid rent for low-income tenants, giving an additional $12 billion back to taxpayers. How? Sending state stimulus checks of at least $600 to millions of middle-class Californians. Now, who's paying for that? (laughs) It's not Californians, folks. It's everybody else around the nation. You remember when this first big stimulus thing was coming out, the one that Nancy and Chuck wanted to use, and they got their way so they would get enough money that they could pay off all the debts or most of the debts, a big part of the debts of these blue states that are run by blue governors and blue in administrations that before the pandemic were so upside down financially, they saw no way out. Ah, but the saviors from the left came to their rescue. Nancy Pelosi, Gavin Newsom, a relative of hers, governor, bailed California out. And she's got deep pockets, Nancy does. But she doesn't have the $26 billion in her pocket that they're giving to Gavin Newsom so that he can take care of his little financial obligations in the hopes of him getting reelected. Can you believe that? Wow. And we have a we have a crisis down at the southern border. <laughs> I think a lot of Americans forgot about that. So now we find out the Biden administration has created an incentive for a bunch of folks from Central America to break up their families at the U.S. southern border. In other words, come as a family to the southern border, but then split the family up, allow migrants traveling with a minor to claim asylum. 
It's a way to manipulate the system, folks. There are few paths for migrants to come legally to the U.S., as it should be. I mean, there's got to be justification. There's got to be a process. But no justification or process is going to work unless you use the process the way it was designed and put into law, right? Not so much so in the Biden administration. There's a new way to get in. It's to arrive with a minor in tow and then just claim asylum. That creates an incentive for many in Central America to break up their families. In April, Jen Psaki, White House Press Secretary, defended the Biden policy of letting migrants into the U.S. if they first separate themselves from their families. One article said that Breitbart News has described as U.S. Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas's unofficial migration by separation policies as the root cause behind migrant families' decisions to separate at the U.S. border, with parents allowing their kids to cross alone, believing that's going to increase their chances of getting allowed to stay. We had never thought that to dream of living a better life, we would have to do something like this. A lady named Seda Zelaya, a 22-year-old Honduran migrant mother, said, The Zelayas have done what tens of thousands of others are doing from Central America. They decided their best chance at a better future was to break up the family. Seda and Michael Zelaya knew that nine-month-old Jefferson was too young to make the trip north. The parents worried that the trip might be too hard on their two daughters, ages five and two. That left Jordy, their rambunctious four-year-old, always begging to go out fishing with his dad. And so they came up with a plan. Jordy and his dad would travel 1,500 miles to the U.S. border by foot, by car, bus, and truck, drawn by the promise of work in South Carolina. Then they would illegally cross the border, turn themselves over to Border Patrol, and request asylum to stay in the U.S. And the others are going to stay behind. Would-be migrants share reports with one another, folks. You don't think they communicate? You don't think when they get to the United States that they don't make phone calls back to Central American countries and Mexico where they're from? Hmm. Ultimately, Mr. Zelaya and that four-year-old boy crossed the Rio Grande, turned themselves into Border Patrol. They got processed and released them three days later. They released them, however, with a notice to report to an immigration office. (laughs) Not to appear before a judge in immigration court, something the Biden administration is doing with most of the migrants that get across the southern border. And then this big one that's on the table now. You've heard of the term Title 42? That came up during the Trump administration, and it was fundamentally principal and was the chief reason why that Remain in Mexico policy was so effective to stem the tide of illegals coming across the nation. Title 42 says the government can turn immigrants away at the southern border during the pandemic is when it was devised specifically because we have no idea if they've been vaccinated, if they have COVID, yada, yada, yada. For health reasons, Title 42 says, turn them back. 
Biden's talking about doing away with it. He's floated it publicly, and that typically means that it's a policy that he's planning on doing, which means that everybody, everybody that comes, they're going to, they're going to, they talk to each other. What I was just talking about, these illegal immigrants, they're going to put the word out just as Joe Biden and Kamala Harris put it out for months and months and months. Come on, come on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Come on, come on, come on. If you come to the Southern border, you got a kid and you want to make an asylum claim, you're going to get to stay here. And just like the Zelaya father and son, they got in. And guess what? Remember a couple of days ago here at TNN Live, we told you about the fact that now the Biden administration, without even talking about it publicly, it was discovered they had secretly been buying plane tickets for the rest of these immigrant families like the Zelaya too, the father and son, the other kids at home. While the asylum case is being decided from those two, the Zelaya father and son, they'll fly their family members to join them in the U.S. while they await the system to work for them. There is no telling, no telling, how rampant this is and how many tens of thousands of people are impacted by it as these illegal immigrants. There is no idea how all of this is going to impact in the United States when these people come to the United States, our infrastructure, our economy. We do know this. It is costing us today hundreds of billions of dollars for this illegal immigration that is just being smiled at. The, the, the law? Somebody mentioned, well, we have laws, immigration laws. Those don't matter. The rule of law is history, folks. This administration doesn't give a rip about it. The Obama administration didn't give a rip about it. When Donald Trump came in and demanded that we start abiding by immigration laws, oh, they just, because he wanted the rule of law enforced, huh, you're a racist, you're a xenophobe, xenophobe, you're a homophobe, Islamophobe, you're every kind of phobe and ism you're guilty of that there is. Unless and until the rule of law, immigration laws, are changed or they're begun to be enforced, we don't have a nation. We have a territory. We have borders at the north and south. Ah, oh, we're abiding by the northern border immigration laws, but down south, ah, oh, we can't do that. We got to let these poor folks come in. And we're just going to keep writing checks and smiling and handing them a Democrat Party registration card to fill out. They're already voting in California. Illegals are voting in California, voting illegal, uh, voting legally. They're getting driver's license without even applying for citizenship. It's hanging out there, folks. It's not getting better. It's getting worse. And I've got some comments about that at the end of today's show. You need to stick around for that. And folks, there's a bunch of new COVID news and information, and it ain't good. And we've got the details for you. 
right after this at TNN Live. At Banhammer Bank, we want you to trust us with your money. Because it's with your money that we can make you more money. How? It's not funny business. It's money business. You give your money to us and it will grow with interest. That's the plan, at least. Maybe that's too complicated for you. Imagine planting a money tree in the ground and watering it. Hold on. Imagine if you had a money pet and you fed it more money and after digesting it would... Uh, okay. You want to go money fishing, so you use a little money to catch a big money. You know, just come in and talk to us. We have even more metaphors that allow us to avoid saying what we really do with your money. Banhammer Bank. Feed the money monster. Des Moines HelpWanted.com salutes the employee of the month. The one employee you can't live without. The others, let's just call them Dave. Dave, we need to talk about your sick days. What seems to be the problem, Mr. Employee of the Month? Last week you were out all five days. I was sick. Thanks for checking in. You posted on social media that you were at a comedy club on Monday. Laughter is the best medicine. An outdoor barbecue on Tuesday. Feed a cold, starve a fever, or whichever one needs to be fed. That's the one I had. Okay, Wednesday you took a selfie, hashtag faking sick. That was supposed to say freaking sick. Thursday you were at an amusement park. Somebody stole my phone. They stole your phone and uploaded photos of you at an amusement park. Yes, fake news. Friday, you tailgated in the employee parking lot. Friday's basically the weekend. Everyone knows that. If you don't mind hiring Dave's, go to the huge national job boards. That's probably what you'll get. But if you want more employees of the month, go where local job seekers find good local jobs. We don't discriminate against people named Dave. Dave is a common name, fun to say, and so we're using it as a catch-all for lackluster employees everywhere. Please don't write us to tell us you were insulted by this ad. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Oh, that, that just sounds like some smooth jazz, easy listening, beach music. Just relax and have a good time. I hope that's in your weeks, your days, your weeks ahead, months ahead. It's summertime, you need to go on vacation. And I'm all in for that. It's very important that we do such things. Back to COVID-19, back to the insanity surrounding COVID-19, its treatments, medication, how to handle it, what to do, what not to do. Listen to this, folks. Nearly 4,000 fully vaccinated people in Massachusetts tested positive for COVID-19. According to the Massachusetts Department of Public Health, as of June 12th, 10 days ago, there were 3,791 people who tested positive for COVID-19 among the 3.7 million fully vaccinated people in Massachusetts. That's one in 1,000 vaccinated individuals. We're learning that many of the breakthrough infections are asymptomatic, or they're very mild and brief in duration. That's according to Boston University infectious diseases specialist Davidson Hamer. The viral load is not very high. Interesting. Got to explain that. Make it easy for us to understand. He continued, breakthroughs are expected. We need to better understand who's at risk and whether people who have a breakthrough can transmit the virus to others. In some cases, Dr. Hamer said, they'll be shedding such low levels of the virus and won't be transmitting to others. 
So what he's saying, folks, is the test results that come back on all these people, this 3,700, right at 3,800, 4,000 people that tested positive after having vaccinations, well, vaccinations, they happen by injecting small amounts of the virus into us, so it's to urge our own bodies to create antibodies to fight the disease. And so those are the things that make the test come back positive. Not the vi- the, the virus, COVID-19, but the little bits of the virus that they inject in the shots, in the vaccination. Those are showing up, and most of those people, Dr. Hamer explained, aren't really sick. So let me ask you this. Let me turn that around. How many people through the last year and a half that tested positive around the world, not just in the U.S., really aren't positive? How many have been infected by COVID-19 simultaneously with the multiple infections our bodies every day, 24-7, are invaded by? Now, wait a minute, Dan. What are you talking about? Folks, we are exposed every day. We don't know, even know the number, even remotely know the number, but it's at least tens of thousand times bacteria and virus that are in our atmospheres, in our environment, they come into our bodies by when you breathe in, you breathe air in. Air contains these viruses and these bacterias by picking up things, by touching other things in your skin, in the air. And our bodies, when they recognize that these bacteria and virus are attacking us, our bodies create our immunization process naturally in our bodies, our immune systems, create antibodies or medicines on its own and send those antibodies out to attack and eliminate those viruses and bacteria. And so how many of the COVID-19 tests that have been taken over the last year and a half, were they turned positive? How many of those were not evidence of that person actually having COVID-19, but having some of the cells inside those people that came from the antibodies creating attack mechanisms against COVID-19. I don't know that we'll ever know that number, but I'll bet you right now, if and when we find out about it, it's going to be massive. The percentages, I'm going to say, are at least going to be 50-60%. Just based on the huge numbers of just like this story we got out of Massachusetts, it's, it's happening all across the United States and around the world. People are testing positive, and they're not sick. After the vaccination, people are still testing positive. My mother-in-law hasn't had the vaccination, and she just happened to take a test. She came back tested positive. She didn't have it. She's 95 years old. She didn't have COVID-19. She didn't get sick. She didn't show any symptoms. How could that happen, Dan? No vaccination. She tests positive for COVID-19. She never got sick. She didn't have any of the symptoms. No congestion, no breathing problems, no fever, none of it. You know how? 
She came in contact with it somewhere, and her body created what was necessary to beat it. Interesting, huh? There's even more craziness out there about this. Listen to this, folks. British Airways lost four of its pilots last week. This is really strange. Social media believed the cause of the death was related to their vaccination against COVID. It's not been confirmed that all four pilots had been vaccinated. Earlier in the week, a recording of one male voice emerged on social media claiming that there were three pilots belonging to BA, British Airways, who died soon after they took the COVID-19 vaccine. They've had the third British Airlines pilot die in the last seven days. Third pilot dead in the last week. This man asserted he learned of the news through some friends. The first two guys were in their 40s and 50s. This third guy, mid-30s, perfectly fit, no underlying conditions. He gets his second jab, and he's dead within days. Exactly the same with the first two. According to that man, their deaths prompted British Airlines to have crisis talks with the government on whether they should still have any pilots that were given the vaccine flying. Uh-oh. The issue with that, of course, is that about 80%, according to people at BA, 80 to 85% have received the vaccinations. Imagine what it would create if British Airways had to stop flying anybody, pilots, that had the vaccination. But if you think about it, these people are dying. Those four apparently died pretty nasty ways that they died and at least one of them shortly after getting the vaccination. British Airlines, do you know, you know where they fly? They fly all over the world. They make some really long flights. And everybody says, oh, it'll be safe if something happens to the pilot. There's a, a co-pilot in there. Well, they both get vaccinations, folks. <laughs> what if both of them have adverse, adverse reactions to it? That's just one more little mystery surrounding COVID-19 and the vaccinations. You want another one? A document shows that Moderna, along with the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, NIAID, you know what that is. That's Anthony Fauci. One document proves that Fauci and company agreed in December of 2019 to transfer coronavirus RNA vaccine applicants to the University of North Carolina. Notice the date, December 2019. Signatories to that document were Dr. Ralph Barrick on December 12th that year, Jacqueline Quay on December 16th, 2019, both for the University of North Carolina, Dr. Amy F. Petrick on December 12th of 19 and Dr. Barney Graham for NAID, NIAD, and Sonny Hamansu and Sean Ryan both on December 17th, 2019 for Moderna. All signatures were made before there was a single shred of public knowledge of the coronavirus occurrence as officially December 31, 2019, was when the WHO learned there were cases of unknown pneumonia in Wuhan, China, 
and they didn't know the cause. And then, on January 9th of 2020, it was only then that the WHO released the information that China determined the cause of this new, quote, pneumonia was a new coronavirus. So before the existence of a new coronavirus was even known, Moderna, in conjunction with Dr. Fauci, transferred the coronavirus RNA vaccine technology to Dr. Barrick at the University of North Carolina. So let's break that down. Moderna has the technology for the vaccine before the world knew of the existence of the coronavirus. Dr. Fauci is accused of funding the Wuhan lab and gain-of-function research, which is where this new coronavirus likely came from, and at the same time participating in this deal, this agreement. Fauci certainly already known about the existence of this new virus. Finally, you have Dr. Barrick. Dr. Barrick, listen to this, folks. He conducted gain-of-function research in his lab at the University of North Carolina and collaborated with Chinese researcher Jin Jing Li in conducting the same experiments in the Wuhan lab. Both of them, Barrick and Jing Li, both of them got money, funding from Dr. Fauci. And it gets worse. As early as 2018, Barrick seemed to know that there would be the next pandemic. At a symposium with the name Imagining the Next Flu Pandemic and Preventing It, it was held at, where? University of North Carolina. Dr. Barrick, epidemiologist, in a controversial presentation, talked about how pandemics, he called them times of opportunity to people to make political, financial, and personal gains. Folks, you can't make this up. Dr. Barrick was to sign a letter sent by Dr. Peter Daszak to the scientific journal The Lancet. And the purpose of the letter was to pressure the scientific community to rule out that the new COVID originated in the Wuhan lab. He didn't sign the letter. Why? Because Daszak requested he not sign it. It might bring attention to the fact that he was also researching gain of function and that the letter might lose validity due to a conflict of interest. It should be noted that four close associates of Barrick did sign the letter. They got the money, folks. This new document fuels the theory that the virus left the Wuhan laboratory long before the Chinese Communist Party made official the existence of the outbreak of the new coronavirus. Now, I I don't know who you are. I don't know where you're from, but that, what we just gave to you, is a blockbuster revelation. And if those things in there are true... And I don't believe it would be being reported they are factual unless they were factual. Too much detail in there is in the public sector, so we've been able to verify it. This stuff really happened, folks. Fauci was up to his eyeballs way before January when we were told COVID-19, it's real. Way before we even heard the term COVID-19. Fauci and his minions, they weren't just 
containing knowledge of all this, they were in it up to their eyeballs. Wow. You want another layer to throw on top of all this? According to data released by Public Health England, PHE, on Friday, it's kind of like the CDC, June, in June, the fatality rate from the Delta, which is the Chinese Communist Party virus variant, Delta CCP, is six times greater among individuals who are fully vaccinated for two weeks or longer than those who never got a shot. This is incredible, folks. This is reminiscent of the antibody-dependent enhancement phenomenon that has been seen for other vaccine and that has been expressed as a point of concern among a bunch of scientists for the COVID vaccines. That phrase was was penned by a researcher, Stephanie Sinniff, at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology's Computer Science and Artificial Intelligence Lab. That's MIT. Earlier attempts with CCP virus vaccines were hampered by this antibody-dependent enhancement, which typically resulted in increased lung illness in injected lab animals. It prompted experts to advise scientists in 2012, all the way back to 2012, to proceed with caution while developing human CCP virus vaccines that could cause increased lung illness. That researcher said, I also suspect that massive vaccination campaigns may accelerate the rate at which the vaccine-resistant mutant strains become dominant among all the SARS-CoV-2 coronavirus strains. There were 26 deaths out of 4,087 patients who were fully vaccinated 14 days or more before testing positive for the Delta CCP virus strain. According to data released in a June 18th report titled SARS-CoV-2 Variants of Concern and Variants Under Investigation in England, Technical Briefing. This compared to a death rate of, listen to this, 0.00636%, which was seven times higher than the rate of 0.000957%, or 34 deaths among 35,000 positive Delta cases among those who didn't get a shot. Completely vaccinated individuals were hospitalized at a higher rate than were unvaccinated people in the U.K., 2% of those vaccinated who tested positive for the Delta variant were admitted to hospital compared to just 1.48% of unvaccinated ones. The numbers just get crazy when you start talking about them. But you skip to the bottom line, folks. There's a lot of stuff out there that has been, there's even more now. We're finding out every day there's more that has been known that has been going on way before we were told by the experts that there was a new coronavirus out there and that it was deadlier than any previous one. And it had been going on a long time and in fact preparations were being made to do what? Get to the marketplace an opportunity to make millions, millions and millions of dollars primarily based on the fear that is implemented in the minds of people in the United States and 
people in other countries all around the world, the fears of COVID-19, and everybody talking about it without question, without exception. Everybody knew about it, knew what was going on, told us they didn't know about it, told us we just found out when you did, which is all being proven to be lies. So once again, I've told you this numerous times when it comes to conversations about Dr. Anthony Fauci, anything to do with COVID-19. You have questions about it. You question what he says and why he says it. Question the information that he gives to us that changes two or three days later over and over and over again. Why would he do that? I've told you the answer is follow the money. Follow the money. And we have another very credible doctor. He's an American professor of medicine, and he's the vice chief of internal medicine at Baylor University in Texas, Dr. Peter McCullough. Listen to what he said in an interview late last week. He said the world has been exposed to a form of bioterrorism and that the repression of early Chinese Communist Party virus treatments was tightly linked to the development of a vaccine. You remember what he's talking about here? You remember what how Dr. Fauci, you remember we gave you a report. We actually got an interview with a doctor from upstate New York, a little town in upstate New York, about 100 miles north of New York. I forget the name of the town. But he had 100 patients, 100 people in that town. It's a group. There are a lot of different people there, but it's primarily occupied by Hasidic Jews. Hasidic Jews. And he is a, a Jewish doctor. And he was treating these people that tested positive for COVID-19 with hydroxychloroquine and azithromycin and nasal inhalers. And out of a thousand people, as it turned out, that's how many people he ended up treating. One person died and that person had massive comorbidities. He couldn't get anybody in the medical community like Dr. Fauci to even listen to him. So he reached out to the White House. This is how Donald Trump began to first tout hydroxychloroquine. You remember Fauci went nuts. Oh, you can't use that, even though it's been in the marketplace 75 years and it's very, very successful. We don't know what it might do. It could kill us. Dr. McCullough, this guy, he said the reason this all happened was because what the detractors were saying their purpose and reason for going out against this early drug for treatment of COVID, hydroxychloroquine, and a few others, was because they didn't want it to get in the way or interfere with the production and the rush to the marketplace of vaccines. During a June 11th conference with a Dr. Reiner Fulmike, who's a German trial attorney, Dr. McCulloch said he believed bioterrorism had occurred in two waves. The first was the spread of the virus. The second was the spread of harmful vaccines, which Dr. McCulloch claimed may have already killed up to 50,000 people in the U.S. According to McCulloch, both the coronavirus and the vaccine sent the spike 
protein, which we've talked about here in the gain-of-function conversations. The spike protein, the gain-of-function target of this bioterrorism research. We know that this is phase two of bioterrorism. We don't know who's behind it, but we know that they want a needle in every arm to inject messenger RNA. That's mRNA. Or adenoviral DNA into every human being, he claimed, warning the public about the injections. They want every human being to have it. Later, McCullough expressed concern that the experimental immunizations could cause cancer and sterilize some young females. The vaccines may have been intended to diminish the global population, he went on to say. As the medical establishment had done such a good job of spreading all this about this whole thing, he admitted he couldn't express all of that in national media. (laughs) He'd be driven away from Baylor. Baylor University's medical system is extensive. Some of the best medical institutions in the United States and in in the world. I've personally used Baylor Medical Center, one of them in Dallas, for a surgery. And it was incredible what this doctor and physician did that nobody in Louisiana knew anything about. Wow. The cardiologist continued to say that because there was no medical advantage to getting vaccinated in young people, even one case of myocarditis or pericarditis after the injection is too many. But the CDC will only reconsider the problem late in June, though they're aware of hundreds of serious reports of heart-swelling cases in young people. And because the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System bears that we give you the numbers on people that have had egregious reactions and many have died after these vaccinations, the database for that, at the CDC, by the way, VAERS, only contained approximately 10% of all vaccine-related adverse effects. And McCullough's team, they had to go elsewhere to find the data. We have now a whistleblower inside the CMS, Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, the government entity that regulates Medicare and Medicaid. And he said, we have two whistleblowers at the CDC. We think we have 50,000 dead Americans, 50,000. So we actually have more deaths due to the vaccine per day than certainly the viral illness per day by far. It's basically propagandized bioterrorism by injection. Now, according to McCulloch, listen, folks, the United States is preparing to mandate citizens to obtain shots. He said, we've got to stop it. We have to see what and who's behind it. As a clinician treating coronavirus patients, as opposed to Dr. Fauci, who has not treated a single COVID patient, Dr. McCullough developed an early treatment protocol for people infected with the virus that reduced hospitalizations by nearly 85%. In addition, he began publishing articles on what he found out, what he discovered. However, regarding actually healing patients and publishing his studies, the doctor said he has met with resistance at every level. He practices internal medicine and cardiology. He's the editor of Reviews in Cardiovascular Medicine. He's a senior editor of the American Journal of Cardiology, the editor of the textbook, 
cardiorenal medicine and the president of the Cardiorenal Society. McCullough has served on over two dozen FDA and National Institute of Health vaccine safety monitoring, monitoring boards. In other words, he knows what the heck he's talking about. Where has all this information been? It's been buried from the press. The media, listen, folks, this is little bitty Truth News Network in Northwest Louisiana. We're finding this stuff. It's because we look, we exhaust our resources to find the facts behind all of the questions that are left out there for us, things that don't all come together that make it impossible to understand. And so we want the truth. We find it. You don't think the likes of the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, the Washington Post, the networks, all of them, you don't think they have the resources and the abilities to find out these same things? Why, oh why, aren't they doing it? Why aren't they publishing the findings that they certainly are getting their hands around to tell all these truths? I can't answer that. But I do know this. We're going to keep doing what we do. When it comes to online meetings, you're crushing it. But if you want to crush something that's a little more fun, why not play Best Fiends, the five-star rated puzzle game? Best Fiends is loaded with challenging puzzles that are so much fun. And you're never accidentally on mute. So take a stress break with the cutest characters on the planet and download Best Fiends for free from the App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. Play Best Fiends. Download free. Cars today are computers on wheels. That's it. Uh, the fancy new tech makes our life easier in the car, but when something breaks, can you afford to fix the touchscreen display or the sensor, which can cost thousands of dollars? Most likely, no. That's why I have Car Shield, and it takes away the worry and the panic of the expensive repair that you know is coming. Car Shield, their protection plans can save you thousands for covered repairs, including everything from an engine, transmission, GPS, electronics, and more. You can have your favorite mechanic or dealership do the work, and Car Shield takes care of the rest. They also offer complimentary roadside assistance and a rental car. It's inevitable something's going to break. It happens to everybody, including me. So get coverage from America's number one auto protection company like I did and find out why CarShield cars go farther. Rates are as low as $99 a month, so visit carshield.com. Use the promo code iHeart to save 10%. That's carshield.com, promo code iHeart. Deductible may apply. Is the insanity making your head spin? Okay, let's sit down and figure this out together. Again, Dan Newman. Just for your information, Tomorrow morning, our story is going to be a collection of that information that I just gave to you regarding COVID-19. We've not written, we've not even really talked about COVID-19 of late because we all think we've got it licked. But based on the information you just heard, we may have some problems, and those problems may be in the arms of tens of millions of Americans and other people around the world already. And there are a lot of people out there that don't trust the thought about COVID-19 the vaccinations, and they don't like the idea of having experimental drugs stuck in their bodies. I'm one of those. We got to figure this out. Hey, told you about the Supreme Court, said they were very busy, and they have been putting out all kinds of opinions on different issues that had come before the court 
they ruled unanimously yesterday that the NCAA has illegally restricted education-based benefits that could be used as compensation to student-athletes. The case they heard was brought by current and former student-athletes who played college football, as well as men's and women's college basketball. They sued the NCAA in 11 conferences, claiming that the rules restricting compensation violated antitrust laws. A lower court ruling maintained the NCAA's rules of generally forbidding payment to student-athletes while allowing for education-related aid, in other words, like scholarships, room and board, books, those kind of things. The students accepted it, but the NCAA fought it, eventually bringing the case to the high court. And here's what Justice Neil Gorsuch wrote. To the extent the NCAA means to propose a sort of judicially ordained immunity from the terms of the Sherman Act for its restraints of trade, that we should overlook its restrictions because they happen to fall at the intersection of higher education, sports, and money, we cannot agree. So what does this all mean, Dan? It means uh, there's some folks that are going to be changing the way they look at where they're going to go to college. I promise you. And this fight ain't over. Oh, the NCAA, they're powerful. They're going to go after it. Thanks for being here today. Don't forget tomorrow, COVID-19, the new facts. We're going to bring that all to you at our story first thing. Back here at 9. See you then at TNN Live. Have a great month.